Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Fulwell Project. My name is Alicia Renice, and this month we're going to be talking about depression. That's right. October is Depression Awareness Month, and I think it's really important to talk about it. It's really important to sit down with it and wrestle with it and to offer some tips and advice from my own perspective. Now, one thing I'll say is I'm not a professional. I am not a doctor. I am not a counselor. Um, So this advice I'm giving is only from my experience and from what I've read and picked up on, you know, along the way. So five years ago, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. And while it is not who I am, it is a big part of my life. And so I wanted to share this and be open and vulnerable with you guys who may be struggling with depression yourselves or maybe in relationship with others who struggle with depression and don't know what to do. Or maybe you just want to listen and you have some... um you know, want to just be able to affirm other people in their journeys. That's everything is okay here. So yeah, um, like last week we talked about um, creating a depression emergency kit, meaning getting things that make you feel better, um, getting things to help you deal with it, um, to deal with a depressive episode, or just a season in life. You know, what are some things that make you feel better um, when you're going through an episode? The one previous before that, we talked about misconceptions about depression and We talked about um, how counseling is for everyone and how you being a person of faith and seeking counseling do not have to be mutually exclusive. You can do both. You can pray and you can seek help, professional help. Um, So, yeah. So go back and listen to those episodes if you feel, you know, so inclined. And if not, let's get into today's episode. So today we're going to talk about sanctuaries and triggers sanctuaries and triggers. So what do you think of when you hear the word sanctuary? I think of, um, honestly, like a church, (laughs) because that's what we called it. But on, you know, now I think about sanctuary as a safe place, as a place to unload, a place to let down your guard, a place to um, be refilled, a place to... um, be loved, to love, to serve, a place to be served. Um, yeah, sanctuary to me is just like a holy place. is a is a is a um, um, holy and ooh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, it'll come to me later. But yeah, that's what I think of the, when I think of the word sanctuary. And I feel like as people, we should all have them. Um, sanctuary doesn't have to be at the church. Sanctuary could be the arms of your husband or wife sanctuary can be the ears of your loved one and your friends. It can be, you know, um, the skating rink. If that's what makes you feel good, you need to find places and people who are sanctuaries for you, who are safe places for you. This world is crazy. Um, this world is noisy. It's distracting. It's discouraging. It can be anyway. Like there are beautiful things about this world. Absolutely. But there are also some very chaotic, very discouraging things about this world as well. And so what's important is that you make it a habit to recognize what the sanctuaries are. Where can you go to get quiet? Maybe that's like a bookstore. Maybe that is um, in nature. Maybe that's on a road trip. You know, maybe that's in a hotel, you know, right down the street from your house. Like, where can you go to get peace and quiet Um, Where can you go to be heard and understood? Maybe that's a counseling session. Maybe that's your friend. Maybe that is um, your mother. Maybe it's the phone call to your cousin. Yo, I make emergency phone calls to my cousin all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Where can you be heard? Where can you be loved unconditionally? You know, again, maybe it's 
again, your spouse, maybe it's the friends you hang around with. Maybe you go to breakfast with some friends. Um, some of, um, I guess my friends back at home, like they have like this brother brunch stuff that they go out to and they, and they unload and they unpack and they seek, you know, accountability and, you know, just affirmation and just fun, you know, like, where can you go for that? Um, where can you go, you know, to be whole? Like what makes you whole? You know, maybe that's in your art studio. Um, one of my friends, Alexis, she has an art studio, and I imagine that that can be a sanctuary for her. That's where she can paint. That's where she can create. Um, that's where she can even, you know, um, unload and say what's on her mind. You know what I mean? Like, that is that is a sanctuary. And what I want to explain to you is that you have sanctuaries that already exist, whether they be... And again, these are healthy places. These are not, like oh, I go to the bar to get drunk because I'm sad. You know what I mean? I don't recommend that for anybody. Not that I'm against drinking, but just I don't want you to develop a vice because you're sad. I want you to go to healthy and happy places where you can feel whole, where you won't feel sick in the morning. You know, you won't be doing damage to your body, you know, or your mind. Um, There were some sanctuaries that I thought I had that were not sanctuaries, that were not safe places. And once I found that out, I had to leave. I had to exit those places because I could not let down my guard. I could not feel whole. I could not feel like a person, you know, like a creation of God, a daughter of God. And I had to leave. Um, even some vices I had to leave behind. When I was in college, I drank a lot. I drank a lot because I was sad, you know. I don't, even, I don't even like the taste of alcohol, to be honest. <laughs> but because that buzz got me going and it, and, and it got me happy and, it, and I was feeling like, oh, snap, like, you know, I can manage, you know. But then when that high comes down and you're throwing up <laughs> the next morning, you're like, what the heck did I just do, right? What did I do? So it's important that you find those sanctuaries. Um, again, they could be people, places, or things. They could be people, places, or things. Maybe, again, maybe you're an artist. Maybe you paint. Maybe that's your sanctuary. Maybe that is what feels good to you. Or maybe you just want to hang out with your friends and, yeah, go to happy hour. Or maybe you just want to hang out with your friends, go for a walk in the park. I ask to hang out with my friends all the time. We just go to the park and hang out like children. It's fun, right? It's, it's fun. It reminds me that life is for living. Life is not doesn't have to be serious all the time. And your sanctuary can also be counseling. So I would implore you to figure out what your sanctuaries are, who they are, where are your safe places, where can you go to let down your guard, to be free, to be whole, and like, what can you do to do that too? Also understand that you can create a sanctuary within your house, right? Um, I talked about how before, um, I think it was like last episode, where you can rent a hotel room down the street from your house, right? And you can, you know, feel good. But you can also just have a staycation. You can also like shut out the noise, turn off all like social media. Like you don't want to be connected to the world at all. Like no news, no social media, no nothing, right? That's going to um, either trigger you or make you feel like you're not in, you're not in a holy place. You know, you're not in a a safe place. <laughs> excuse me y'all see so, yeah, so where is your sanctuary like what what is that what does that look like for you is it candles is it like your bathroom some people honestly their toilet is their sanctuary like it's where you can go where you can sit down on the toilet lock the door nobody's gonna mess with you nobody's going to bother you um you know especially i hear that from a lot of parents like that's the only place they can go sometimes to get peace but then you get like the little baby hand under the door or like they just barge in like you're not taking a poop like you know but it could be your closet 
Some people have a prayer closet. I don't. But some people have... Again, I live in an RV. <laughs> so um, some people have a prayer closet. You know, you can go in there and just sit there and just be honest and open and just sit in quiet and meditate on God's word. Um, just pray. You can, you know, your bedroom, I feel like, should be a sanctuary. It should be a place where you let down everything, where you're the most vulnerable. If you're married, it's where you have sex. Like, it's, it's someplace that you should feel whole and healthy, right? Like, you should feel... It's where you sleep. Like sleeping is the most vulnerable position you can be in. You're you're not on guard. You're not even like conscious enough to figure out what's going on around you. Like there could be stuff flying around you. You have no idea unless you're a really, really light sleeper. You know, that place of rest should be a sanctuary. My husband does not believe in having te- televisions in the bedroom. He doesn't believe in it. He believes that the bedroom should be a safe place, a quiet space, a place where you know, even the news can't infiltrate our house, our, our our bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, the bedroom is for us, you know? And, of course, living in the RV now, it's kind of different because if we want to, say, sit on the bed and watch a movie together, we have to go back in the bedroom. Whereas when we lived in our apartment, we had, like, a little couch and a day bed where we could, like, sit and watch TV together. So, yeah. So you want to make sure that your places of sanctuary are free from, you know, busyness and you know, work and things that define you that aren't really who you are. So yeah, so find your sanctuaries, your people, your places, your things that just build you up. Now what I want to talk about is your triggers. You know, um, as someone who struggles with depression, I have triggers for my depression. Um, some of those triggers could be procrastination. It could be that, that simple. When I delay actually doing something and then I feel like trash because I'm like, oh my God, I'm behind. I'm the worst person in the world. And then I feel like I'm letting everybody down. Then I feel like, um, you know, I don't know, like I'm unworthy or undeserving of anything good because I keep sabotaging it. It's just a whole thing, right? And it's only because I procrastinated for like a day. <laughs> but if you know that that's something that triggers you, don't procrastinate. Set things in place. Set things in place. I talked about um, like having an emergency kit for actually like when you're in a depressive episode, have one to prevent it, right? So this is, okay, if there's a deadline on Friday, I need to start working on that thing on Monday. On Monday. I'm going to knock it out on Monday so that I have all these days to prepare for the actual presentation or whatever I'm supposed to be doing to get it done. And it just feels better. Like when it's not looming and weighing on me and like looming over my head and reminding me, hey, you didn't do me yet. You didn't do me yet. Hey, you got three more days. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's too much. It's too much. Um, For some people, it might be the people you hang around. Yo, there was a whole, like, click that I had to take out of my life. Like, they literally meant me no good. Like, the most recent interaction with one of them was, like, she was wishing me death. She was calling me a B word. It was crazy. And I'm like, yo, what? Like, my friends don't do this, right? Like, the friends I grew up in high school with don't do this. I'm not putting up with this because it makes me question, did I ever mean anything to you, right? And at the end of the day, why does that matter? Why It, it does matter because, again, you invest so much in a relationship. Um, but your sanity, your safety, your, um, your well-being is more important than pleasing other people, right? And I say that cautiously because a lot of people think like, oh, you're toxic. I got to throw you away. It's really important. I'm going to probably do a whole episode on that, on defining what is toxic, right? Because just because a relationship is hard does not mean it's toxic. It means you need to grow up. It means you need to strengthen yourself. It means you need to put, go through growing pains with this person, fight for this relationship, um, work through it. Like, if people are so work-averse that it's like, oh, it's toxic. It's toxicity. No, it's not. Like, it's you not stepping up to the plate. 
oh, sorry, I had to get that on my chest because it's true. Like, everything hard is not toxic. Hard things sometimes are good for you. And you're being lazy and uh, honestly really entitled by sometimes throwing people away. But if they're literally coming for you, like meaning you harm, like if they're literally calling you B-words and wishing you death and stuff like that, girl, cut that off. Or guy, cut that off. No, <laughs> no. even in romantic relationship, no. My husband and I don't call each other out our names. We don't do that. One, we're grown. So that's one thing. We know how to communicate with each other without re like resulting to like such lows as to calling you out your name when I know that you're a child of God when I know that you're loved when you are redeemed like no you're a beautiful creation of God but I'm mad at you <laughs> you know what I'm saying I'm upset and because we're mature and we love each other we know how to communicate that or try to communicate like of course we fail it's not we're not perfect at communication but one thing we agree on is to not call each other names that's silly and it's childish and it shows that you don't have the capacity to express yourself with the words that God gave you. Like, you're so emotionally charged that you can't leave people with your dignity. And so if people are not leaving with your dignity, then, ah, uh, go, go, go. Because it's not going to help you feel better. It's not going to help you manage your depression well. It's going to, if anything, make you feel like a worse person. And I felt like a worse person. Like, for a year, I was good, right? I didn't have contact with these people. But then when I contact, when well, when they contacted me, saying all this silly stuff it sent me back spiraling and i'm like yo you are literally you are literally toxic and i cannot and i won't especially when there's space and opportunity to be like okay so what's the problem you want to talk about it and they're not willing to talk about it and you just want to call me names no you're not wasting my time my mental energy none of that to um to, to, to do that to me not on my dime <laughs> no 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 um, time is a valuable thing and um, I was talking to my cousin recently and she was saying that she's not going to her homecoming because of some of the people that's in her circle that might be there. And instead of dealing with that and, and not being at peace for an entire weekend of events and like being in close quarters with this person who makes her feel uncomfortable and honestly like who pisses her off, she's just opting to not go. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you missing an event is uh, better than you being at the event and being uncomfortable and being around people who don't value you or love you or see you for the person that you are, you know? So really evaluate the people that you're around. Um, if people are constantly tearing you down, if people are leading you astray, if people are being destructive and not careful with you because you are a beautiful being and you deserve to be treated with respect, dignity, honor, love, patience, kindness, all that stuff, you deserve that. You should not have to put up with people treating you anything, treating you as if you're anything less than that. God wouldn't have it. He did not design you here to be people's punching bags. No. While we will suffer persecution and while it will hurt, while people will be wilding out and being mean, um, you don't have to sit in there. You don't. Unless God is telling you to sit in there, you have the freedom to literally see yourself out. Why would he want you to be up there and depressed, you know? And for a while, for me, it was hard to let them go because I felt so much loyalty to them, right? Because, you know, we had been through a lot of stuff. We had been together for so long. Um, I'm thinking about the good times we had, but I had to let that go because in the moment, you're not for my good. I'm sitting up here questioning my self-worth. When I was born worthy, I don't earn love. I'm already, I was born loved, period, so if you can't see that, if you can't respect me as a child of God, like not even say we got to be besties, but you can't even see me as that, then we don't need to hang together. We don't need to be together. 
And it's not my character. I don't tear people down like that. That's silly and it's trifling. Like, I don't do that. Um, and constantly being around people who do that is triggering to me because I believe everybody should be loved. And I know what it feels like to not be loved. I know what that feels like. And that sucks, you know? So understanding what your triggers are. Is it your job? Now, this is a little controversial because I understand that everybody just can't up and leave their job, right? But I left my job. Um, <laughs> I did, and I... Granted, I left my job, too, once when I was married, but I also left my jobs previous to that because I'm not going to sit here and be miserable. Like, it's, the Bible says the gifts of God are without sorrow, right? Why am I sorrowful going to work? Why do I feel less than coming here? Why do I feel like you belittle me every chance you get? Like, no, there are other jobs. There are other things that I can do. And I don't think that God would have me to stay here in this job to be belittled and to talk be talked down to, to be miserable, right? Especially if it's taking away from you the gifts that God gave you. If your job is requiring you to work 80 hours a week, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer or something, and you don't feel fulfillment from that, and you and you feel like it's distracting you from, you know, the course like that God would have you be on, I would question that. I really would. Would he really want you to do all that? Like, money is good, sure, but sanity is better. Mental health is better. I would rather be broke and in good spirits than have a constant paycheck coming every day and be miserable five out of seven days a week. And it's really like six out of seven because Sunday you're still dreading your job, right? You're still dreading Monday. That sucks, right? I left my job because the place that I was working with, there was um, moral issues and things I just couldn't get behind. And so I was like, instead of being mad every day, why don't I just leave, right? Like my husband was working full time. I was working part time because like I said, we're trying to get out of debt. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not going to sit up here. And almost like, uh, what's her name from Everybody Hates Chris when the mom was like, my man got two jobs, right? Um, but no, my husband told me if it's making me that miserable, I can leave. I was actually working at another job before we got married. And the job was so bad that I was having pains in my body. I was having to go to the chiropractor. I was taking MRIs. I didn't know what was going on. Like my body was just so inflamed. I was so stressed out. And the job description wasn't even that hard. It was the management that made it difficult, right? So I'm like, yo, my body is rebelling on me. Oh, it's time to go. It's time to go. Because not even if I'm in bad mental health coming here, like why is showing up to my job triggering for my depression? That should not be a thing, right? Like, and it's not, and the job is not that hard. Um, so like I had an entry position, entry level position job and I'm like, yo, the stress that I'm feeling is not adding up to this paycheck. It's not. So I left. My husband told me once we got married, I can leave because I didn't I didn't want to we didn't combine our finances until we got married. Some people combine it beforehand, but um yeah, I still had to pay my bills. I still had to do all this other stuff. And we had talked about finances before we got married, but at the same time I was like, I don't want, you know, my fiance or boyfriend taking care of me. I want my husband to take care of me if he wants to. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, once we got married, and we were supposed to move to Chicago too, so that's a whole other thing, but we didn't we were still in the DMV area. So, um, yeah, so once we got married, I left. I left. I left. And I felt so relieved. I was able to actually do things I wanted to do, like create music. I was actually free enough in my mind to not dread thinking about going to work. Like, you know, um, and it was some lean times. But I felt like my mental health was so much more important than my job. So I would question you, like, if you're not a business owner, even if you are a business owner of a business you don't want to own no more, let that stuff go. Let it go. Like, 
The stuff is just too heavy. It's just too heavy to be carrying around and pretending to be happy. Like, we work majority of our lives. And then we have, like, what, 30, 40 years after that to chill and relax. Like, I want I want to believe, and I do believe, that God, even though he wants us to work, right? And work is not always easy. But I still don't think he wants us to be miserable and, like, defeated all the time. Like, how can we be good to anybody else if we're depressed at our jobs? So... Those are just a few triggers. Um, there are a lot of triggers um, for people. Sometimes it's movies. I don't watch scary movies. I can't do it. I don't watch movies about murder. Um, I don't even if it's done in humor. I don't like that because it makes me depressed. Because people die horrible deaths, horrible and violent deaths every day. And so to me, making fun of death is not funny. It's not funny to me. And um, so I don't watch movies like that. I don't do that. I don't do that because I know I'm going to be depressed for like a week. Um, I do watch some documentaries, but sometimes, like I said, you can't do it. Like, this movie, that this documentary that came out, or um, I don't even know what to call it, but, like, the series that came out on Netflix, When They See Us, some people have not seen it because they know they're going to be triggered. Some people actually live through that time, you know? So to re-trigger themselves is, like, not worth it to them because they saw, like, firsthand, like, they, they were there when the when the um, proceedings were happening and when they got convicted and all this other stuff. They were there, they saw it, they don't need to see it again. And that's their right and that's their prerogative, you know, because you know what's best for you. you like, my mom doesn't like watching, so, um, um, doesn't like watching, uh, dang, what's the word? Um, movies about like racism and stuff like that because it pisses her off. And so she doesn't watch a lot of movies like that. It makes her cry. Like, she's sensitive like I'm sensitive. And there's nothing wrong with being sensitive, right, at all, period. So because I know I'm sensitive, I know that I can't do certain things. I know that I won't do certain things. I can't watch. Like, some people can, like, people who get killed, they can watch people getting killed. I can't do that. I cannot. I will not, you know, by choice. You know what I'm saying? Watch that. Uh, yeah, it's just too much. And so for you, you know yourself. You know what things set you off. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's a job. Whatever. Whatever that thing is, evaluate if you need that, right? So even if it's your job, create an, an escape plan. If you hate your job, look for other jobs or look to start a business or something. You know what I mean? But don't sit up there for years and be miserable and then grow callous. You know what I'm saying? Leave. Leave. So I hope this episode was helpful, y'all. Um, I hope you're thinking about your sanctuaries and I hope you're thinking about your triggers. We all have them, both. And um, you want to do this to prevent yourself from going into, as much as you can anyway, to prevent yourself from going into a depressive episode. Um, these things have been helpful for me. Uh, I hope they are helpful to you. Again, if you would like to message me, feel free, thefullwellproject at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voicemail to have it, a voice message to have it be read, um, you can do that on an Anchor app and I'll play your review or question or whatever on air. I'll answer it to the best of my ability. Please keep it kind. Um, please keep it um, PG. Um, and yeah, so... Next week is going to close out Depression Awareness Week. Um, oh, when I was saying Awareness Month. And I hope these episodes have been helpful to you. Um, share that with somebody who needs to hear it. Uh, yeah. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye.